Welcome to Eclipsed, a Heroes podcast, where two old school Heroes fangirls talk about the show and defend its honor. My name is Rachel. And I'm Keisha. And today we are talking about Season 3, Episode 5, Angels and Monsters. Woo! Woo! <laughs> As you may have noticed, we didn't have an episode last week. Because we decided to take the week off. <laughs> yep, because, you know... It was it was Thanksgiving time, and uh, we just, you know, we wanted to take a week off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> just because we wanted to. Twas a holiday. Yeah. yeah. So we're back. We're back, back, back again. I watched the episode a week ago. I watched it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so, forgive me. We'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be like, who's this Ando guy you keep talking about? Well, I don't about? remember this Ando <laughs> what you're talking about. Okay. Not Ando. <laughs> anyway. So we don't have any new news that we thought of. And we'll just dig right into the episode. Keisha, take it away. Okay. Uh, firstly, I'm going to say that this episode has that thing where it's kind of, especially in the beginning during the um, beginning intro, it cuts back and forth through all of our main stories for a minute. Mm-hmm. So if, if this is going to sound kind of incoherent and, well... Whatever. Um, uh, the first thing we see is Tracy and Nathan. Bang tag. Mm. Um, no better aphrodisiac than saving a girl's life, I guess. Um, <laughs> especially a girl who looks like somebody you banged once before. Yeah, no. Uh, we get to hear a Nathan voiceover, which is a delight. Mm-hmm. I dare say he's not done that before, has Mm-mm. he? No. Oh, so Mohinder can stuff it. It's all about Nathan Petrelli this week. So he has this whole bit where he's talking about, you know, this is his second chance. and He's touched by God. You know, all the crap we've already heard him say. And meanwhile, it's intercut over the stuff we saw from the end of last, uh, the last episode. Peter popping into Siler's cell and throwing him up against the wall and holding him by his throat. Hot. And then, <laughs> like, we see some new stuff. We see Claire outside of a pawn shop and she's just bought herself a taser. So interesting things that Claire has planned. And we see Hero and Anto once again. We see them pushing Adam's casket out of the grave again. So, you know, that's a retread of what we've seen. We see we see Mohinder looking like half a junkie just waiting in the park, uh, looking at some guy. He's a drug dealer. I didn't realize it at the time. And I actually didn't realize it when I was watching and, and making my notes. But he's perched on the rock like a lizard. <laughs> there you go. It's not subtle. <laughs> so, yeah, he's being totally normal in every single way. Mm-hmm. Um, we go back to Nathan. He's walking into... Are they at Tracy's? Is that where they're at? I think it's Tracy's, yeah. Okay. So, Nathan, he's walking into Tracy's kitchen. He's going to get himself a little snack. Uh, and he's drinking milk straight out of the bottle, which is fucking rude. That's <laughs> not your milk. And uh, Ghost Linderman appears. And he offers him some milk, which is hilarious. I love the way that Pazdar plays that. He's 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 doing some good work opposite this not really here Malcolm McDowell character. Mm-hmm. And Nathan, you know, he wants some straight answers. He wants to know how Ghost Linderman knew that Tracy needed help. So Linderman's still on this whole, like, I'm a messenger from God, and so are you, Kick. And Nathan's like, yeah, I don't really think that a dead mobster, you know, is the voice of God. Like, I don't think that's how that works. But Linderman very correctly 
compares himself to all the various times that God has spoken to people, like, in the Bible. And it always is kind of weird, like, you know, the burning bush and all that. So it just as well could be a dead monster, <laughs> like, showing him the way. It's, it's, it's a fair argument. And then Tracy walks in and she's like, who are you talking to? <laughs> this poor woman has just, uh, is, is, is in this crazy world only because of what she can do, which she did not choose, as we are very, very made clear of later on. Um, and she's just going to be dealing with all kinds of bullshit because of it, up to and including this moment. So, Yep. Poor Tracy. Yeah, poor Tracy. Uh, can we talk, though, about how Mohinder enters the scene um, with with his uh, chosen prey? He just, he deadass just dumps into the scene and it has a whoosh sound effect and everything. <laughs> And what's so great about that is <laughs> everyone knows that, um, let's say, junkies are uh, erratic at best. <laughs> so I love that the drug dealer was just like, yeah, what do you need? <laughs> he wasn't even bothered by this fucking weird moment of this guy, like, zipping in front of him. Like, yeah, you know, just another just another Monday. And so Mohinder's like, I need something to take the edge off. And he's fully, like, scratching at himself. And it's just like, yeah, he looks like he is addicted to something. And he needs something. And the guy's like, well, you know, what do you need? I got everything. And he lists all the drugs that he's selling. And Mohinder's like, no, no, no. I don't need your drugs. I need you. And then and then he, and then he grabs him. And, and then you're like, what? <laughs> what the hell is going on? <laughs> Mohinder went from, like, he goes from zero to fucking 60 in this episode. Mm-hmm. Just full on. Going back, however, over to Siler's level five cell, uh, we get the confrontation with him and, and Peter again, and it, it'll repeat the stuff we saw from the end of I Am Become Death, where he's like, oh, you have the hunger, you're just like me, and he's like, never, and, but this time he, <laughs> this isn't just Mohinder's episode to go from zero to 60, uh, Peter's kind of a lot in the beginning too, uh, because he just snaps Siler's neck. <laughs> She's like, crack, goodbye. Which, honestly, that's one vote for, yeah, he has the hunger. He sure does. Uh, and Angela rushes in. She's like, no, what are you doing? You don't understand what you're doing. And he whips around on her, and he just, like, TK holds her in place. Just really, really being very silery at this moment. Really aggressive and volatile. And he's still all shirtless and cut up from the weird pocket feature, too. So there's just a lot going on there. And he's like, when were you going to tell me that Siler was my brother? What other secrets are you hiding from me, mother? Okay, so you know you're fucked when they call her mother. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you, I swear to God, you can look at this in the past and in the future of the show. Anytime he or Nathan say that, something bad's about to happen to Angela. Because <laughs> Peter says mom and Nathan says ma. And if either of them ever says mother, you're, she's fucking in mm-hmm. for it. And that's exactly what happens. Because he decides that if she's not going to tell him her secrets eh, he'll just rip them out of her so he, he he's just gonna cut into her head siler style it's like holy shit peter what the fuck we were having waffles in a nice house and now and now this you're really you're really going there bud um so it's interesting because it sets up as oh it sets up a world where siler has to save his quote-unquote mother from peter and in doing so, bashes the living shit out of him mm-hmm. when he when he unsnaps his neck because hello Claire's healing power gets up and throws Peter away from Angela. 
he cracks the glass of this, like, level 5 cell, which is not, like, normal glass. It's probably bulletproof and everything. Yeah, you know, because those boys play rough, I guess. (laughs) Sure. So he knocks Peter out, and Siler's all anxious about Peter's well-being and about Angela. And then we don't have time to really deal with any of this, because then Noah shows up, and he's like, well, come on. (laughs) This episode's wild, man. And Siler's like, well, okay, I guess. And so he... Gets up out of, you know, his cell, and he's like, we got to lead on a new target. And Siler's like, wait, you want me to come with you, dad that I wish I had? And Noah's like, whatever, dude, let's just get your pants on and let's go. And so, as he, uh, as he leads him away, he does a little smirk, and it's like, oh, Noah Bennett's, he's up to something. That's the beginning of the episode. Yeah, what a, what a jam-packed beginning. <laughs> what a wild, what a wild start. Mm-hmm. Tell me your secrets. <laughs> Mother! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't mention your, your the whole uh, spray it. <laughs> okay, should I? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, when I was watching this episode last night, I tweeted about, and I told Rachel about how, and I'm sure people can relate because this isn't just the scene. I'm, it's it's all over now where you're just like, this person's too close to this person and why are these people touching each other? And, you know, in a post-COVID world, you're not going to be able to view entertainment the same way. You know, back in the day, if someone was being really aggressive or passionate in a scene, actors often spit. Um, it's just part of, it's, you know, it's just part of what happens. There's nothing you can do about it. You're just in the moment. And... So when Milo is in Christine Rose's face doing the whole, like, tell me your secrets, mother thing, he fucking sprays her. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) it's really hard to ignore. And frankly, I'm going to make a gif of it now to show everyone because I've had discussions with people on Twitter about it. And yeah, he sprays her. (laughs) It's really hard to look at now and not be like, But again, that's just the thing. It's like, you know, I was trying to, when I when I was talking to Bleep about it, um, I was trying to find a gif of Jonathan Groff and Hamilton, because that's his whole King George performance. He mm-hmm. spits on the crowd, like, the entire fucking time. Like, that's his thing, is he just, he really projects. And, uh, yeah, it's just like, you know, that's just the thing. That happens sometimes, but it was just so noticeable in this moment because of the lighting and, and everything and how close he is to her. Yes. And like I said, it's post-COVID times. It's impossible to ignore this stuff now. So mm-hmm. say it, don't spray it. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I yeah. enjoyed that commentary. Because I thought it too, but like <laughs> you said it. So, yeah. I'm serious. When I make just a gif of it and you're forced to just look at that moment, you're going to be like, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of spits. That's yeah. your assignment after we finish recording is you got to make it now. I could literally do it while we were doing it, except for you'll hear me clicking. So and I'll yeah, be like, I'll, I'll, why I'll is she wait. fucking clicking her mouse? <laughs> this fucking bitch just keeps clicking her mouse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to kill her. I'm going to send my long Furbies after her. Yep. <laughs> that is how I'll die. I will fully uh-huh. die uh-huh. because of your uh-huh. fucking Furby. <laughs> I don't like it. I like my fingies. Well, eat your fingies. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway, just keep all that. People be like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, anyway. Anyway. Moving forward in the episode. What? <laughs> There's more to come? <laughs> There's more to come. I know that was a lot and it was just the beginning. We haven't even lot. gotten Woosh Heroes yet. No, we haven't. So Sandra's at home and she's looking through Noah's files and she's pissed off. And 
Meredith comes down like, yo, what's what's the problem? What's happening, other mom? <laughs> and Sandra's like, I know Claire. There was no freaking retreat. She's gone after one of these level five guys. And Meredith's like, oh, come on. She'll be fine. She's like, you know, she's like me. She can't get hurt. She's going to be fine. And it's the whole, like, don't tell me how to mother my child thing again. <laughs> and she pulls out, rightfully so, one of the level five guys, like, tell me she's going to be fine after this, which is a, a guy. That can create vortexes. Sure, she can heal, but can she she survive getting sucked in a black hole? And so Maris is like, okay, you know, fair point, maybe. And she (laughs) flips through others, and she sees another level five person that she recognizes. And she sees Eric Doyle. And she's like, oh, that's a really bad man. I don't want Claire to go after him. And she's, like, really more afraid that Claire went after him than after the vortex guy that Sandra points out. And so she's like, you know what? I'm going to go check. Just make sure Claire isn't over there because I think he's nearby. You just use chill here. And Sandra wants to help, but Meredith does the looks at her, holds hand out, makes a little fire. Like, bitch, I don't need your help. (laughs) Can you do this? Whoosh fire. I just want to spray her with a fire extinguisher every fucking time she does that. (laughs) It's like hand on hip, sassy fire in the other hand, you know? Can you do that? No, the way she's like, can you do this? Mm, Yeah. Should have just sprayed her with the fucking extinguisher from under the sink. (laughs) For real, though. For real. She's just pretty big for her britches. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) She is. Speaking of the Vortex guy, we go to him next. His name is Stephen Canfield. Oh, hi, buddy. And he's in an empty house right now, and he's on the phone. He wants to see his wife and kids. And they don't want anything to do with him, really. And he gets kind of pissed off, and we get to see him do a little mini vortex sucking things in off a table. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And then we see that Claire is there, and then Claire tases him, and he, like, goes down, you know, like a sack of bricks. And (laughs) I love Claire's reaction to her. She's kind of stunned, like, holy shit, I actually tased him. And then she's like, oh, wait, this is cool. This is (laughs) awesome. I got him. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Wish heroes. Bush heroes. Also, you should probably like I don't know, do something. <laughs> I should like tie him up or something. I don't know. <laughs> She's new at this. I know. I guess her reaction was cracking me up. That was like, holy fuck! I actually tased the guy. Wait, that's kind of awesome. <laughs> it's cute. It's yes. cute. As you know, I am very pro proactive Claire. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. Um. What's this? This. Uh. We need to come up with like a little tune that I can do for when a wire person shows up on Heroes because it happens a lot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, I don't know what that would be. Um. <clears throat> but uh, wire alert. Woo woo. Um. Stephen Canfield is played by Andre Royo, who played Bubbles on The Wire. Everybody loves Bubbles. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so everyone who worked on Heroes, who casted on Heroes, really liked The Wire. And, and as well they should. So, mm-hmm. you know. uh, nice. yeah, Woosh Heroes. Woosh Heroes. <laughs> yep. So, now we go back to the cemetery with Hero and the dug up Adam, and we get, we're right there where Adam is choking Hero. What? Special guest star David Anders? Special guest star David Anders. He's back. Hooray! Hooray! And Hero's like, whoa, whoa, I need your help. And Adam's like, whatever. And Hero uses his power, shuts Adam back in the coffin. And you can hear Adam, like, banging on the coffin again, which isn't buried again. It's just, like, above ground. Like, let me out, you freaking, you know. (laughs) And Hero stands over it like, I'll give you another chance if you behave. And you hear this soft little... Okay. In the <laughs> I love the, okay. Oh, it's such a good line reading. <laughs> God damn him. God damn special guest star David Anders. 
So they get him back out of there, and Heroes explain that they're looking for the formula, which apparently they think Adam is going to have any idea where it is. And Adam's like, you came to the wrong dude for that. I knew that formula was bad business even back in the day. I told them to get rid of it, and I'm the guy who wanted to release a deadly virus. (laughs) Yeah, no shit, right? (laughs) Even I think this is fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Even I thought this was fucked. And, um... And I was like, maybe I might have an idea how we can figure out, you know, how to find the formula. But what's my incentive for doing this? And Hero's like, your incentive for helping is a nice cell with a window and a vent. Oh my god, I love that bit. And Adam's just like, yeah, well, no thanks. And then Hero just bops him right back into the... Or he's going to put him back in the coffin. And Adam jumps up all like, stop you little Japanese Nazi. <laughs> And he's like, if there's anyone that you want to look for who has the formula, it's Angela. And Hero's all, no, she's the one that sent us to find it. And I was like, oh, I'm fresh out of ideas. And Hero pops him back in the coffin. (laughs) (laughs) And in the coffin, Adam's all like, wait, I have an idea where we can find it. I have a plan. And Hero looks real smug about, like, getting him to say he has a plan. And Angela's kind of like, is this really a good idea? (laughs) (laughs) I don't see what this guy's going to bring to the table. But yeah. Because as we, you know, learn later, Ando is often right. <laughs> yes. So... Yes. He's past his season one, like, horndog, you know, uh, comic relief sidekicky bullshit. Like, he's the one with his head on his shoulders now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. He got that little break while Hero was in Japan and, like, the fucking murder of Kaito and all that shit. Mm-hmm. His head is kind of on his shoulders right now. Yeah. So... Okay. (laughs) Okay. I prefer not Uh, to suffocate over and over and over and over and over and over again. (laughs) We'll give you a more spacious cell with a window and a vent. Like the reading of it just fucking kills me every time. Mm Mm-hmm. And a vent. Um, yeah. It's delightful. I love special guest star David Anders. Nothing much to say other than that he's great. (laughs) I agree. I agree. Oh. Carry us forward, then. Moving ever onward. Hey, look, it's it's that weird building again. Uh, Penharst? Penharst? <laughs> Pinehurst. Pinehurst Industries. Okay. And, wait, what is this? Ghost Linderman is talking with Daphne? Ah, oh, Nathan's gonna feel sad. He's not the only person who gets this dead mobster <laughs> <laughs> guiding him. Uh, no, apparently Ghost Linderman is a busy, busy little apparition because it looks like he's been communicating with Daphne quite a bit. And now this is just our first time seeing it. And he goes to her and he's like, so how do you feel about recruiting? And she's like, meh, you know, like, that's all right. I mean, you pay me. I'm cool with it. And she's like, recruiting for what? And he's like, an organization for a new world order. How red flag is that sentence right there? <laughs> like, pretty, pretty red flag, uh, I I think. And he says, like, basically, it would be a world where specials don't have to hide, and they don't have to be ashamed, and they can just be who they are, and take their rightful place in the world. It's basically, it's like, have you seen an X-Men? Have you seen an X-Men movie? Have you seen Magneto? Yeah, this is what they're doing. They're doing the Magneto stuff, where... They don't want to blend in with humanity. They don't want to be normal. They want to be above humanity. We're in, like, brotherhood stuff right now. So, 
she's like, hey, as long as I get paid, I'm in. And he gives her a bunch of files, like, go on, invite the others to join us. And who is on top of the file but Knox? So it makes him being part of that trio in the pocket future make a lot more sense now. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay, I can see this. And then uh, who's the other, quote unquote, pretty nasty person in the file? Um, Mohinder? What? <laughs> Mohinder's fine. He's just living his life in uh, in the, the greatest city in the world, right? So she's like, mm, nah, this is, I'm not into this. This is bad guy territory. I don't like getting my hands dirty like this. Nope. And Linderman's like, no, 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 you just got to give them purpose. That's all. That's, I mean, they just need a little guidance, you know, a, a, a firm hand, if you will, uh, a thing to do and everything will be fine. I don't think everything's going to be fine. <laughs> I just, I've always loved that Mohinder is the second person and they're like, these are some pretty nasty people. And I'm like, what does his file say? I know, right? <laughs> what the fuck does it say? Oh, man. I mean, we know that Mohinder's pretty nasty right now, but... Yes! How would they know that Mohinder's nasty? He's like, he's a I scientist, mean, bro. Yeah, okay, but he killed Noah Bennett. Uh, fair. Yeah, shot him right in the eyeball. <laughs> so she probably just like, oh, killed the guy? No, thank you. <laughs> Has a serial killer in love with him? No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's totally in his file. He can't help it. <laughs> If we get him, Siler's gonna come here. And I don't want Siler to come here. I don't know who Siler is, but I do, so. (laughs) Oh, I have something good to say about that later. Don't you worry. Oh, excellent. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, about the, like, just Siler just being so accepted as part of everything that people will just talk about him. And it's like, wait, what? (laughs) 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 Oh. But until then, uh, speaking of the boy, he's in a car with Noah Bennett. And he's got his little suit on, his hair is all slicked back, and he's all company man, Gabriel. And um, <laughs> he's being, like, the most annoying passenger in the fucking world. He's crunching on an apple and futzing with the radio. And you can get an idea from Jack Coleman's face and how tense his jaw is that he's been doing it for a, a good while. And so he's like, just stop it. <laughs> just stop <laughs> it with the radio. Just sit there and shut up, basically. And uh, he's like, you know, just so you know, this is Angela's idea, okay? Not me. If it were up to me, I'd have left you to rot. And Siler's just like, mm, no forgiveness, is that it? Crunch, crunch on his apple. And he's like, okay, all right, buddy. Okay. You terrorized my daughter. You killed countless others, dozens. It's canon. Mm-hmm. Including a target that had valuable information. Like, what kind of forgiveness do you think you fucking deserve? And I love how all of this just goes, like, water off a duck's back off of Siler. He's like, ugh, rehabilitation does not happen overnight. I am trying. I love that line reading. I always have. He's just like, if anyone should be annoyed here, it's me, Noah. Oh, God, obviously. I'm the put-upon one. And I love how Noah just picks at the scab and being like, no, no, you know what? You're right. Killing's just in your nature. You can't help it, can you, you little monster? Just, you know, just fucking picking at him. And so um, he knows what he's doing. He's trying to get him, you know, to siler out, basically. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to be quite that uh, quite that simple. So. so we go to that back to Claire, and she has that taser. But as I said uh, before, she's not prepared <laughs> in any other way. So that's not great. Um, she's with Steven. And he tells a little bit about, you know, how he got locked up for two years 
And so far in her interaction with um, Stephen Canfield, she's very much like Noah. She's like a little Noah. She's very unforgiving. She's very like, "Mm, nope, you're in level five. You were there for a reason. And he gets frustrated with her and he sucks the taser right out of her hands. Whoop. What are you going to do now, Claire Bear? <laughs> You're kind of in a bit of a sticky situation. I'm not just talking about Mohinder. So, yeah. Steven's like um, like Tracy. It's a good person who was given yeah. a bad power. A hundred percent. And we get the sense of that much more as the episode proceeds. And it really does give us that chance to be like, no, no, no. It's not so black and white. Like, mm-hmm. there's definite shades of gray, if I may. And there's definitely people who, yeah, are good people wake up one day and can do a ridiculous thing and it can only ruin their life unfortunately mm-hmm. how um how's, how's dr suresh faring in oh. this world today okay <laughs> well hinder you know he's just yeah? dragging a dead drug dealer back to the loft leave, leave him just a trail of blood behind because fuck it right and in my notes i'm in my notes i'm like if this was anywhere but new york city i'd question it but it is so i do not (laughs) he's just like no one's gonna bother him who's gonna who's gonna say anything about this to this guy just let him go about his business so yeah he drags him to a back room and he's checking his back and it's still got scales on it and he's like uh picks another scale off or scab or what the fuck ever it is on his back what are they like, what are they? I feel like it's scales, but because his skin isn't, like, meant for scales, he's able to just peel them off. But wouldn't that hurt? Yeah, right? Like, I- at first I was like, they're 100% scales, right? Yeah. But then it was like, wait, no. They look like his skin, like, under it is, like, that iridescent look that, like, like a fly gets. Yeah, it's still scaly, I guess. I guess. I don't know. I- I'm always kind of like, did the writers want him to be a bug or a lizard, or does it matter? <laughs> it's kind of both really honestly it's kind of both anyway so who should roll into the loft now but maya who's worried because he didn't come home and uh as before she goes in she sees that there's like a flyer that's been shoved in his door looking for oh his his the asshole racist neighbor is missing oh and she's all like did you know your neighbor was missing and he's all like yeah that's kind of weird yeah but i'm getting you know close to the research breakthrough it's like that's great right great maya right <laughs> I'm getting a breakthrough. It's going to be fine. Great. Awesome. Teehee. And <laughs> she's kind of like, oh, you're kind of acting a little weird. And she looks around and notices the uh, line of blood leading back into a curtained off part of the loft. And she's kind of like, well, you know what, Mohinder, I guess it's time. You're right. You're fine. Let's. I'll leave you here for your research. You know, you got enough milk? That's great. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to skedaddle on out of this loft. Bye-bye. Oh, fuck. And we get to see what's behind the curtain, finally. We see that uh, <laughs> there's webbing all over the wall, and we get to see that the missing neighbor is webbed up on the wall. There's Mark, webbed to the wall. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's in the cocoon. There's no other way to say it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's been spiderwebbed. <sighs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's, uh, <laughs> there's, there's no, like, gradual progression. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just, like, it's like... Ha- gets power, um, gets scales, s- starts doing a kill. <laughs> like, it's, yep. He's got the hunger. He's got the hunger. It's the season of the hunger, I guess. Yep. Yeah, I, lo- I love that he fucking just blocks off part of the lab and makes his very own, like, forgive me room <laughs> of, like, <laughs> doom. <laughs> yep. And then, like, Poor Maya, okay? Can we just take a second to talk about poor Maya and all this? Yes. 
the poor girl has traded one psycho for another. And, like, all she wanted to do was come to America and get some help. That's it. And, uh, she's just, uh, she's just, she's fucked. <laughs> like, she's just constantly fucked, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lost literally everything. Keeps finding psychopaths. <sighs> yes. Arguably, Slyler has driven Mohinder to worse places than he has Claire. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He did a worse thing to Claire. Yes. And yet Mohinder is the one who's losing his damn mind. Mm-hmm. Like, it's wild. It's wild. Yeah, I'm saying that. I'm saying what Siler did to Claire is worse than what Siler did to Mohinder. He would have killed Chandra. Yes. They weren't friends. <laughs> like, let's, not, let's not get all, you know, mushy about it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he killed his dad, but I mean, they weren't close. <laughs> Like, killed his father. Uh, I'm just saying he uses that as a blanket yes. for trying to make everything okay. And mm-hmm. if anyone had the right to go like full super villain and like go crazy, it's Claire. Yes. So, but she yeah. kind of doesn't, Mm-mm. as we will yeah. see. Exactly. But Mohinder just <laughs> takes us to be like, all right, I'm just gonna go bad. Weird. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing, right? Is it's it's you know, and, and as we're gonna see later on, like very soon, actually. Um, messing with the science that exists in this world leads to horrible results more often than it doesn't. Yes. I mean, you know, we were talking about him having pheromones and stuff with the Maya thing, like the episode before, Mm. whenever that happened. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, obviously his emotions are getting fucked with right now. Oh, 100%. I mean, look at how he acts in this and then how he acts with her later, too. Mm -hmm. Like, he is not himself. Yes. That's very clear. But let's go to Siler's other victim. Okay. Who is taserless and listening to <laughs> Stephen Canfield talk right now. She Her phone starts ringing. He's like, who is that? The company? And Claire's like, no, no, it's, you know, I, I don't know. It's probably my mom or something. And he realizes, wait, she's not with the company. Then he asks, are you with Pinehurst? And she's like, who, what? <laughs> What's Pinehurst? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> and he explains... What happened? What got him in level five? He had an argument with his neighbor and he killed him on accident. He got like into a heated fight and his power went off, sucked the neighbor away, killed him. And then the company took him in the middle of the night, took him away from his family, locked him away, no lawyer, no trial. And he just wants to see his wife and kids and be normal again. And after he says his piece, he just tells Claire to leave. He's like, just get out of here. And him like just letting her go kind of shakes Claire a little bit. She's like, oh... Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, it's, just go. I'm letting you go. Just give me a little bit of a head start before you call your friends at the company. <laughs> and then Claire's like, oh, wait, this guy isn't like, this isn't Siler. This, is this isn't a bad guy. And so she's like, well, wait, maybe I can help you. So Claire's going to try to help Steven. It's really important for Claire to get this sort of perspective away from her dad. Yes. Who has absolutely, um, I don't know if poisoned is the right word. But his way of thinking certainly has influenced her way of thinking about these people, so. Yes. And then her interactions with them, obviously. Like, yeah, for every Peter, there's a Siler, so. Mm -hmm. She definitely has reason to feel the way she does about, like, no, they're villains, and obviously they're locked up for a reason. But that's not true. Yes, he literally said, they're villains, Claire, didn't he? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. 
so well with my well, dad like, says um, they're bad they must be bad yes there's that and it's like it's like how Knox referred to the place it's super guantanamo mm-hmm. these people many of them deserve to be there mm-hmm. absolutely they deserve to be there but there's always going to be people like a Stephen Canfield who do not but based solely on what he can do and what he accidentally did he just gets put immediately on that same level of judgment and it's good for the show to be like, no, 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 that's, that's not okay. That way of doing things is not okay. Yeah. I really, I really like how they did this little, this little one-off with this character. Mm -hmm. Like who have we seen so far? Okay. Of the level five villains, Flint deserves to be there. (laughs) Flint deserves to be in a fucking coffin in the ground. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. I think the German proved um, he's he was meant to be there. The German, okay, I don't know that I believe that. Um, the German is very powerful, and I think morally a bit mer. But we didn't get enough time with him to really learn. So I think that he deserves to be there in that they can control his ability. Uh, I don't know how deadly he is. Well, he was beating up the people at the gas station. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah, all right. German deserves to be there. Uh, Knox fucking deserves to be there. Sorry about it. Um, Jesse. Yeah, yeah. Don't know anything about this Eric Doyle yet, though. <laughs> yeah. God, I wonder. Mm-hmm. Wonder what um, wonder what his whole thing is. Five feels like it's a little harsh for Canfield, honestly. Oh my god! Right, he's like uh, he's like a level two to three, like at least. He could have been on, like, the Adam and Roe fucking Peter Petrelli level. <laughs> he could have been, Well, I have I have more to say about it later, about what I think should have happened with him. Okay. But, yeah. And I'll, I'll get to that. Because <laughs> I, I have a very real, like, bone to pick with, with, with uh, the handling of that. And, and how much it sucks that there's people like Stephen Canfield and others who I'm sure the company's fucked over that didn't deserve it. So. Mm-hmm. Undoubtedly. If there's one, yeah. there's probably more than one. Exactly. It's the whole, like, if, you know, you're you're trying to be metaphorical, it's the whole, you know, putting people either in prison for life for, like, ridiculously minor offenses or on death row for crimes they didn't commit. Mm-hmm. So, like, it seems really important to note that, like, half the people in level five weren't white. That is true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stephen Canfield in particular is not played by a white, a white actor, and I don't think that's an accident. So, with how this show likes to do like um, <sighs> social political topics, I it was not an accident completely. I I think I think it was yeah. Like I, I it's such a such a minefield to step into with the show. Apparently, uh, or not apparently, but um, legitimately, it is is definitely a minefield for this show mm-hmm. because. They've got issues, as we've mentioned before. I mean, look at DL and all that. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, his story being told by that performer was very like, oh, okay, this is a real systemic issue on on uh, in this world. So mm-hmm. that's what I'll say. <laughs> but um, how's Tracy? Yeah, doing? I don't know. <laughs> let's, let's see how. <laughs> Let's see how Tracy's doing. Oh my god, right? Let's just get really real and then like... <laughs> Well, it's like one of those things it's like you have to talk about it. No, I know. You have to mention it. Mm-hmm. Um and I-, I feel like this volume in particular is a good 
way to start easing into more of it even because of what's going to become of a lot of these characters doesn't compare to what happens with um, some of the other villains who are not people of color. <laughs> like, it's it's interesting. Because, you know? yeah, it was, it's half and half, right? Uh, of the six about. that we've seen. Yeah. Because it would be like, it's Flint, the German, and Doyle. And then uh-huh. on the other side, it's Knox, Jesse, yep. and Steven. And look at how they're all dealt with by the end of things. I got you. So, yeah, I know. I was like, I was like, I don't want to, you know drag us to this place but i have to mention it like i have to yeah keep it in mind definitely it's like yeah it's like keep in mind how these characters are dispatched of versus each other mm-hmm. yeah see see what the ratio leads to because who's dead so far jesse's dead so far and the german who's dead so far the germans uh dead so far so we're one to one right yeah. um but uh yeah yeah i don't know just keeping it to the level five outbreak story mm-hmm. just to that you could use that as an interesting let's say measurement of something on the show mm-hmm. and not even just this show lots of genre shows sadly lots of shows in particular but yeah it, it's it's definitely hard to look at a story like the Stephen Kinfeld story and not be like oh this is like basically a man who accidentally did something bad and now his whole life is ruined like mm-hmm. that shouldn't be how that goes Anyway, so Nathan and Tracy <laughs> are... Oh, God, getting real on Eclipsed. Uh-huh. Um, I, I said it was going to come, so... Oh, yeah, no, no, no. I, war- I warned people a million years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and we haven't even, I mean... We've barely poked the bear. <laughs> barely poked the bear. Why don't you talk about Monica anymore? Yeah, why don't we? So, oh, yeah. Monica. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so Nathan and Tracy are together and they're getting dressed and Nathan is rightfully concerned about her harming herself again because he doesn't know what got her to that place to begin with and he doesn't know if she's still vulnerable in that way. And so he wants to know what happened and she admits it. She admits that she killed someone on accident and she tells him all about the reporter incident and she wants to turn herself in and Nathan's like, "Mm, no, like you shouldn't, you shouldn't do that. Nothing good will come of that. I can fly, but I can't talk about it, you know? He he doesn't want her to show anyone or tell anyone. He's he's pretty convinced now that this shouldn't be something that's just out in the open. Um, but, oh, so a fucking rich white lady can kill a guy? I was about to comment on <laughs> And she's fine? Like... But do, do you think that was said, like, on purpose? The kind of, like, show... Am I giving too much credit? The, like The privilege? You might... Mu- okay, so here's the thing. That's the thing about looking at something and having a, you know, a discussion about its, you know, subtext or how it makes you feel or what it brings up in you. It doesn't have to be intentional on the writer's part. If you can still draw the thing out of it, then it can exist, Mm -hmm. is what I think. And I think the show is definitely that, um, where it's like, okay, obviously, I don't think they were going for that. But having those two stories back to back is certainly interesting, isn't it? Yes. Especially with someone... Someone like a Nathan, who can just be like, no, 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 we can cover this up. No one ever has to know. Is the subtext there with him? Here's my question like, for you. Okay. If the company was not in shambles, and uh-huh. they weren't hunting down a whole bunch of level 5 prisoners, do you think that uh-huh. Tracy would be in level 5 right now? I'm sure there was evidence one of their little freaking company interns 
Look at this security footage we got right here. We gotta go get this girl in New York. She's been on our list for a while. I, Tracy Strauss. Time to go bring her in. Bag her, tag her. I think that if they hold themselves to the same standard, she absolutely deserves to be in level five. Mm-hmm. But do you think she would I be? I want to go... I want to go further. I want to go further. Continue. Again, I don't think this is what the show intended, Mm -hmm. but this is what is impossible to ignore about it, especially in today's age. Um, I think due to the standard they set, she deserves to be in level five. And I think due to who she is as someone who is clearly affluent, connected, and educated, that they would have tried to recruit her instead. Fair. Because... Look at someone like a Mohinder, who is the same sort of way, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they wanted to recruit him because, obviously, like, for the science and everything. But it, it's, like, yeah, it's, if you look at the people who are in those cells on a socioeconomic level, it ain't people like Nathan Petrelli. It ain't people like Tracy Strauss. Mm-hmm. But, so. like, they recruited, obviously, someone like Eden, who was not on that level either. That's true. But... That's true. Do you think that they made the offer with some of the other level fives that ended up in level five? Do you think they tried to get Steven to be with them? That's the thing. That's the thing, right? Um, Steven does not want to use his power. He's very, very clear about it later on. Uh, So I bet they might have tried. And he was like, no, that was a huge mistake. And I'm never doing that again kind of person. So they're like, oh, can't do anything with this one. Throw him away. Um. And the others couldn't be trusted. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of worth noting, you know? I truly feel like they would have tried to recruit Tracy. I don't think they would have just let her yeah, yeah. rot. And there's something really kind of icky about yeah. that. <laughs> I, yeah, I see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But again, what do I know? I'm, I'm, I'm not writing the show, but it just seems like with the world they've created and the standard they've created... And what'll happen later on with certain characters, it's like, I kind of feel like that's part of the big capital P problem that we're talking about right now. So, yeah. I don't know. I feel like Tracy and Steven are incredibly similar on the level of their dangerous power. And now currently they've both killed someone, but that's where the similarities end. And I think that that's where the institutionalization of everything starts to come in. And yeah. Interesting to think about. That's my thought. Yeah, that's my thought. No, I'm like so. full on pondering on it. So I know I'm sitting. I'm sitting here just like, oh man, it's. I, I it just kind of feels like that, you mm-hmm. know. So it all just fucking depends, I guess. It does they were able to get someone like Candace yep. to like chill, someone like Eden to like chill. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, that goes into a whole thing about like women versus men on here too, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So there weren't any in terms of how the company treats people. There so. weren't any women on level five. There were not, and people have talked about that. If you recall mm-hmm. in the past, mm-hmm. people talked about how there weren't any women in level five. Um, yeah, shit just got real. <laughs> it got really real. I'm not even done talking about Tracy. And I know we're like mid scene. I'm just like sitting over here uh, pondering yeah. now, like hmm. Yeah. Might just because of all the media I'm consuming lately, but like I, I don't think that rich white lady was gonna suffer. <laughs> no, I don't think so I'm just, either. I'm just saying it. Like I really oh, don't. No. It's like well, I mean they had fucking Nikki in the in there, so it would have been just so easy to be like, you know, yeah, come on in. Yeah, she straight up killed several people. Are women, do they find just women are easier to work with? 
I think they're easier to control and manipulate. Because look at Candace and look at Eden. Mm-hmm. And look at Nikki. Mm-hmm. They medicated her. Like, yeah. So all kinds of all kinds of interesting gender and race politics in the company and in the world of heroes. Fuck. Oh, lots yeah. to ponder on. Yeah. There is. I was like, I don't want to, like, send things to a screeching halt, but you also have to talk about mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. So... I feel like it's wrong not to. No, I'm not hating so this To re-examine this show now. Yeah. Because yeah. we didn't we didn't think about it like that last of time. Of course we didn't think we about it at the it. time. No. No. I didn't think about it like that. No. No, 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 no. But if you're going to, you know, reabsorb something, you have to, I think. Yeah. It deserves to be under that magnifying glass. So, yeah. Fascinating. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> back to the scene. Um... Yeah, so Nathan has completely reversed his course. He's just like, nope, nope to being public about this. No good comes of it. And uh, in my notes, I was like, he should have just said, I got shot by a time-traveling future version of my little brother with a scar on his face, and then I died, and then I saw God. So, you know, (laughs) it's kind of not a good idea (laughs) to try to cause a ruckus. So, I love her face when he says that. When he's like, I saw God. God saved me. And she's like, oh, God. Who would I just sleep with? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. One of them. No. Um, She's very skeptical and concerned about him saying this sort of stuff. Because he's a believer at this time. He's a capital B believer. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, well, come on, man. If he didn't give us, you know, if he, as in God, capital he, if he didn't give us these powers, then who did? And she has this great pause and she's like, a doctor in Reseda, California. <laughs> oh boy. Nathan's like, oh, what? Oh, yeah. So Nathan's going to go on a path that's going to really shake him up. That's putting it lightly. Yes. It's going to lead him perfectly to what he does at the end of this volume and into, into fugitives, I would argue. Mm-hmm. So This on a, on a grander level. And then the, the smaller level with like his relationship with his brother later on and his family. Um, remember Stephen Canfield that we were just talking about? I'm going to talk about him some more because I guess I need to really talk about how much this place fucked him. All right. So Claire's using the file that she brought with her on Stephen to help him find his family to find like a last known, you know, phone number, address, that kind of thing. And he, he's at the address, obviously, but trying to contact them. And as I say in my notes and as we've already talked about, this moment's a bummer. Because it's always something like the company or something like Pinehurst or something like, uh, what was it called? Renatus? Renatus? What the fuck is the name of the place in uh, Reborn? Eh, that sounds about right. I don't remember. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's always something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. It's always something about, like, manipulation, using incarceration. It's always that. And these people often just need guidance and assistance and that's all and it doesn't have to be super guantanamo or a grave it doesn't Mm -hmm. and it's really sad to see how something like stephen canfield's story you know unfolds because of that because he he's able he's able to talk to his wife and he wants her to meet him at the griffith park carousel but as he's speaking with her the line gets cut off and then that fucking interrupting cow, Noah Bennett, busts in. <laughs> and he's as shocked to see Claire as she is shocked to see him. But Stephen immediately is like, oh, that guy's your dad? Hell no to that. And he grabs Claire and he tells Bennett to drop his gun. But then 
second interrupting cow comes in. Siler, he comes in, and he's like, let go of the girl. And Claire's just like, what the <laughs> shit is going on? Like, firstly, not expecting her dad to show up, but also like, okay, yeah, he's hunting these people down. Not that unexpected, but excuse me fucking what? With Siler in his little suit, like, as a little company boy? Full-on agent with a capital A? Like, what the hell is going on? And he's trying to warn him, and he's trying to keep Claire safe, which is really fucking confusing to her after what he just did. And Claire promises Steven, she's, she's like, dude, I don't know, I got as much idea as you do, I don't know what the hell's going on, this is not a trap, I didn't know either of these people were coming, especially the second one, trust me. And he's like, alright, well this isn't over yet, hang on to something. And he creates a vortex, a big one. And it sucks up a bunch of stuff, and nearly Siler, and nearly Claire, and nearly Bennett. But then Siler is actually able to be the one who saves Claire in the end. And Noah has to see that. He's in a room where his little girl's in danger, and fucking Gabriel Siler Gray saves her in front of him, and he couldn't do anything? Oh, does it burn his biscuits right the fuck up. <laughs> like, oh, his face when he sees that. He is not happy about how that goes down. So... Yeah. <laughs> um, the the vortex implodes eventually. And Noah's holding on to Claire. And Siler runs after Steven, you know, who ran away. And he's like, oh, he's gone. And she doesn't want to tell him where he was going to go. She is not interested in being part of this at all. He deserves a chance at a life. And she whips around her dad and she's like, tell me you're not working with him after what he did to me. And Siler has this moment where he tries to apologize. And I think he does a really good job of trying because he doesn't, he's not like, I'm sorry you felt. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He's like, he doesn't belittle what she's gone through. He knows he caused her pain. He can feel it now. Because when he touched her, he could feel the pain she was going through. So the Clairsentience that he got from Bridget, it's a nice little pit stop on the way to attaining uh, some sort of emotional breakthrough. You know, some, some sort of empathy, really, which he's not had before or not had to deal with. Angela was smart in doing that, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like, at first you're like, who the fuck gives it? This is just another in a long row of snacks for him. Do you know? Like, it's just like empty calories. What? He can touch a thing and know it's history? Who cares? But this actually has some pretty interesting ramifications that we're exploring. And Noah gets in his face and he tells him to basically shut the fucking up. Like, you just, you don't get to talk to her. Ever. Like, you... No. I don't, nope. Not interested in your sorries. Nothing. You need to... You need to stop. And so he tries to get info from Claire again, but she's like, he's not a killer. Like, he's not a bad person. I don't want him to be taken back there. And so Noah's smart. He tries to change tactics. And he's like, okay, okay. And so instead he tries to convince Claire. He just wants to talk to him. That's all. He just wants to talk to him. Yeah, sure. I believe that. Don't you? Doesn't everyone? And he goes, I wouldn't send anyone to level five that doesn't belong there. Which is untrue. <laughs> and uh, more question mark? Uh, I'm, I'm doubting this. And so she finally is just like he's at the Griff he's gonna be at the Griffith Park carousel. So a lot of stuff going on with that trio of characters. Mm-hmm. A lot of emotion. I didn't think about um I forgot completely about the Bridget power and how when he grabbed Claire, it's obviously like, oh, yep. that's when he under that's when he fucking got it. He was forced to to feel it and he never has to feel it. So mm -hmm. 
Because there is some very real debate about whether or not he's an actual, like a like a like a, a clinical sociopath. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I, I really liked how that was handled. Watching this again, where he was just like, "I felt it," you know, and hey, you're right. <laughs> like I, I I I was I hurt you. He didn't try to weasel out of it, and he didn't try to belittle what she was going through. No, he was actually you know <laughs> really trying to to understand and to to reckon with what he'd done a little bit and he just didn't get the chance to but do at it. the same time yeah. no being like shut the fuck up don't you dare talk to her <laughs> yep. it was well within bounds as well so absolutely yeah everyone's kind of justified in that moment mm-hmm. so protective dad yeah mm-hmm. so uh, what's uh what's the what's the gang up yeah. to what's, speaking uh, of a villain that probably should have been plan yeah probably should have been <laughs> yeah. level five so um, absolutely. <laughs> Level five with a muzzle. Oh, oh and, and if I may again, if I may again, um, he sure is white, isn't he? <laughs> and then there's the whole I fucking mean, privilege of being a part of the family. There is the privilege of being like a founder of the fucking mm-hmm. place you're locked up in. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. no oh, privilege, man. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> Class war, if you will. Um. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I got you to say it. <laughs> you did. Yeah. It's a big moment for me. <laughs> so. Absolutely. A samurai, a time traveler, and a sidekick <laughs> walk into a bar. Um, a sleazy bar. <laughs> and Hero's kind of like, question mark, why are we here? And Adam's like, oh, I haven't had a drink in months, and this place makes a mean apple teeny. <laughs> I forgot that he he absolutely said that as his drink. Yes. <laughs> he wants a mean apple teeny. That it wasn't just a joke that we in the fandom said. No. <laughs> like, I forgot. He actually says apple teeny. Legitimately right, yeah. on the show, he wants an apple teeny. Yep. yep. And Hero's like, oh, you came here to get drunk? What the actual fuck, dude? <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 chill. Relax. You said the girl that took the formula was hired. And this is the place that you go to find specials for hire. And Hero's like, oh, like the cantina, like Star Wars. And Adam's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Just leave it to me. Just try and look tough. Right? So Hero puffs up, you know, and Andal puffs up and they're both like walking over. <laughs> Particularly Andal's the one that puffs up and Hero's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm looking tough, fam. Ando's puff up is my favorite. I love it. And he's like, I'm looking tough puff so <laughs> they walk over to the bar and adam's like barkeep the usual and the barkeeper turns around he's like ah hello milosh and he's like how dare you come in here <laughs> and adam's like listen all right i didn't know she was your wife and for the record she never mentioned it and so the barkeeper goes to, like, punch Adam, he ducks, and the bartender clocks Hero, knocks him out. Hero, Glassjaw, Nakamura. Yep. <laughs> Flat on the floor, and Adam gets chased out of the bar by the bartender. Adam's able to flee. Mm-hmm. So, here's my question for you. Okay. Is this bar, in fact, a place for specials to get hired? This is the- Okay, I have two things I want to say about <laughs> this scene, and that's one of them. Where, um, no, and it would have been cool if it were. Yes. <laughs> Because I think that after all that time with Hero in the past, right, mm-hmm. Hero probably referenced shit that didn't exist a lot. Yes. And so, 
Adam was like, I know what to do. I'll just make him think this is like a fucking, you know, like a cantina, like a Moss Eisley situation. And he'll get stars in his eyes and be like, yeah. And he'll just fucking go for it because he's a dumb nerd. And he knows he's got bad blood there. And, you know. That was the second thing I had to say about it. I went, he's been alive for 400 years. Do you think there's a bar in existence that, you know, it, that he doesn't have something with, like, like some sort of grudge with the guy working behind the bar? Well, <laughs> like, whatever happened to your head to have happened in that, like, whatever, two weeks where he was away from, like, Peter and before they met back up again. Oh, true, true. But even before the 70s, too. Like, do you think, like, he's probably oh, got for sure. grudges everywhere? Like, yeah. For sure. He'd be like, you again, like, almost anywhere they went. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a scoundrel. Exactly. No. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it's so good. This is totally a bar for specials. Yeah, let's look tough. It's fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I feel, I feel, um, I feel like hero in that moment where I'm like, really? And then it's like, no, you stupid. <laughs> like, he just says that to him. I want it to be true because that would be so cool. <laughs> that being said, though, mm-hmm. they do find him real easy later, the other people that show up. That's true. So is it? Yeah. I don't know. I've always wondered how that happens, how they find him so quickly, mm-hmm. but yeah. We'll discuss that in a minute, I guess, so. Yeah. We have other, th- we have other fish to fry, as it were. Other fish to fry, other people strapped down on level five. <laughs> other, 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 uh, identities to completely destroy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, Nathan goes to Peter, who is sedated and strapped down, Siler style, in level five. Uh, Tracy's with him. Angela's like, yeah, he tried to kill me. Because he took Siler's power. <laughs> and I'm sure Tracy is like, question mark? Who? Okay, okay, okay. But also Nathan? <laughs> because when was the last time somebody said Siler to him? Maybe Texas? He flew in after Siler at Kirby. They mentioned Siler to him, I think, in season two at some point. Do they? When they're talking about the virus and stuff, I swear Siler's name gets brought up when he's with Matt and stuff. Because it's like, it's one of those things, like, people keep saying this name to him and it haunts Nathan. But it's just like, man, he's got no real context. Of, well, he was with this, who this guy really is. He hung out with Parkman a fair bit in season two. I'm sure Matt talked about getting bolts flung back at him. I mean, probably off screen or whatever. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just think it's funny how they just like will just roll into it like, oh, you know, Siler tried to kill your brother, and it's like, wait, who? <laughs> like, we're just acting like it's such a normal thing to say. Mm-hmm. I, all I have to say is maybe they were off, you know, off screen stuff. I suppose, yeah. Not for, not necessarily for Tracy, anyway, though. Just, she's coming in blind. Oh, she's fully like, who the what now? Yeah. Nathan goes to introduce Tracy, and Angela's like, I know who she is and why she's here. <laughs> and she's like, I know that you went to go see Dr. Zimmerman. And she explains that he was essential in developing artificial abilities. And the whole time, like, Nathan's kind of like looking at her like, oh my god, Ma, what the fuck have you done? <laughs> and she's like, they used it. On a number of infants, including Barbara, Tracy, and Nikki. And again, Nathan's like, how could you, Mom? And then she's like, yeah, well, we used it on you too, hon. So, Nathan's abilities are not natural. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. That's certainly not going to send him spiraling into chaos for everyone around him. Mm -hmm. Sure, maybe in his mind he's like, did you do this to Peter? Is that why Peter's like this? Like, maybe he assumed Peter was the one that was injected and not him. Yep. He's, He's the freak of the family, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very isolating for him. Yeah, like, I, I think that that single revelation 
is the thing that will carry him forth into all the things that people claim is so, you know, people claim is so, uh, are so out of character. Mm -hmm. No. Like, this is the moment where he finds out that he's actually the weird one in the family. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's actually the box sheep of it all. He is, but Um, isn't. Because I, like, I'd argue about Arthur's powers as well, so. Oh, no, totally, yeah. Yeah. It's just like, oh, this is such an important, like, building block to getting Nathan to where he Mm -hmm. ends up finding this out, having this confrontation. We get more detail. I think she talks a little bit more in a minute. But yeah, for this scene. She does, yeah. That's it, Nathan. The reveal you were not born with it. (laughs) Sorry, babe. Yep. I love just the image of Peter strapped down on the slab. Mm -hmm. Styler style, like you said. Because uh, it's like, it's just the whole bit with the season, how they represented it in the press, in the marketing, and the way the writers and everyone would discuss it. They were taking the idea of who is a villain and who is a hero and flipping it around to show that anyone can fit either mold depending on circumstances. So here we have, quote unquote, the hero of the show on the other side of things. And that's interesting going forward. Mm-hmm. Especially with what her, uh, what Angela's going to see later on. So. Oh, yes. Oh, Yes. Cooling man. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. Um. All right. Well, let's check in on our completely um, even keeled and totally not weirding out young man. Um, that can describe a lot of them. <laughs> it, it does. It does. Um, Maya decides that, hey, I escaped with my life once. I should really push circumstances, and I'm going to enter the loft and figure out what's going on while he's not there. So she does. She enters the loft, all sneaky-like, and she goes behind the plastic. I, I mean, what she finds, it's a, it's a fucking murder room as much as it's anything. Mm-hmm. It's a kill room. It is 100% a kill room. She finds the neighbor. She finds the racist neighbor in the cocoon. He's still alive, by the way. Um, much as, you know, when a spider webs up like a fly, they, they, pay, they you know, they paralyze it as it dies slowly. <laughs> like, if you think about it, it's really messed up. But also, as we've said in the episode where, you know, they had their little altercation, uh, fuck him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, am I supposed to feel bad? Like, I don't. So, nope, I... I got I got my morality from elsewhere. I don't feel bad about this guy being slowly consumed by acid. Like, nope. Mm-hmm. Nope. Not not sorry about it. Um, so she tries to get him out. It's a bit harder than it looks like it would be. And Mohita returns. And she's like, oh shit. So she goes to hide. And he hears a clatter. And he realizes something's amiss. And he immediately goes back there. And Maya... She uses her power on him, but this show loves to make her uh, implicit in harming others by trying to defend herself. Mm -hmm. It's the same exact shit Siler pulled with her. Yep. Because if she kills Mohinder, she'll kill the others because they're not dead. So she's not giving him as much juice as she could. And he is also really fucking amped up. He's on roids basically because he flips the cart and he's still going through it. He's still got the black eyes and everything, but it's not stopping him. And he finds her there and he's, uh, yeah, he, he stalks toward her. She's fucked. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Maya. I'm really and truly. I'm sorry. I, um, it's, it's sad that you didn't get better. Cause, uh, your 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 status as a as a you know constant victim is depressing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so 
Yeah. Like, I want to focus at the end for a second here again. When mm-hmm. she lets up, she calls Mohinder a monster. And he's like, she sure I does. wish you hadn't said that. And he does that fucking towering <laughs> off the screen walk like Siler did, she I think, does. to him. He does. Yeah, he absolutely does. Or it's does. like the way it's cut where he like walks off the camera. Yep, he looms. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like I said way back when this all started in the start of the season. This is his lifetime movie moment. <laughs> like, But it's gone off the rails entirely. Maybe this so. episode should have been titled I Am Become Siler. Yep. And not Angels yep. and Monsters. Which we hate as a title and we talked about before <laughs> we started recording. It's such a generic ass title. Um, yeah, so, uh, whew, there's a lot going on there. S- sorry, sorry, Maya. You honestly, you deserve mm-hmm. better. You do. And you don't get it. So, yeah. uh, elsewhere, we see Hero and Ando trying to find Adam, <laughs> who's just hiding in a dumpster nearby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. He was like, whoop, hides, it's very slapsticky. Um, you know, and then he gets out. And he gets away, or, you know, he would have. But suddenly Knox is there, because he's been recruited, and he snags him. So, rut row. <laughs> Don't what know what's happening there. there. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, we see Angela oh, in wait, 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 wait. Go back, go back what? to what? the knockout what? for a second. Okay. Because, yeah, he chucks Adam in the van, and then he gets a call, and he's like, it's done. What do you want me to do about these two Japanese guys? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, like, how did they know where they would be anyway? So I'm like, how, is how it a special fuck? bar? Were yeah. they just like, <laughs> was someone tailing like Hiro and Ando? I don't, I don't know. It is honestly, for all the things people bitch about saying that are like plot holes or whatever, this actually might be one. So. Or was yeah. it like, Knox, you're looking for this Adam Monroe. Here's like a list of places where he was frequent. Like we, we knew where he went check there maybe just happen to be right place but then i don't know is daphne speeding him around like how the hell is he getting to all these places like yeah i don't know that's the thing is like i fully will be like i don't know how he got there and found him and yeah except for that they needed it to happen for everything else in the episode so yep mm-hmm. yep okay now good old deus ex machina yeah yeah just had just the right place right time had to be there so pretty much mm-hmm. yeah but, uh, so this is confirming, though, that Knox has been recruited. Yes. By Pinehurst, mm-hmm. it would seem. Who wants Adam for something specific? I wonder what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Knowing full well you're gonna scream about it. <laughs> well, we don't find out this episode, so. I know, I know. I'm just preparing mm-hmm. myself for the sadness to come. Um, okay. So, like I, like I was saying, after that, uh, Angela's in her office, and she's showing Nathan and Tracy the files. And Nathan's just having a huge crisis of faith and of identity. And I I mentioned before, I think this is really important to how we get to volume four with him. Um, She says that Arthur was disappointed that Nathan wasn't born with a genetic code. So obviously he had to just go ahead and force it onto him anyway. And Angela claims they knew it was wrong. And that's why they divided the formula and hid it away so that it wouldn't happen anymore. And then she mentions this rival group popping up and that, you know, they want the formula. They want to make this a thing. They want to give powers to people. And Nathan tells her to go to hell when she's, like, trying to say sorry about it. He's pissed. He's some of the most, like, like, like this scene is maybe the most angry we've ever seen Nathan. 
He's that scary, like, quiet angry. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? He's not, like, throw stuff angry. He's, like, way worse. He's like, you locked Peter up, you put a shunt in his head, you experimented on me, and who else? Who else? Peter? Claire? His voice breaks when he says Claire. it's, it's, uh, It's a big moment for him. And Angela is really upset that he's reacting this way because she truly seems desperate to have him help because, uh, you know, she's seen stuff in her dreams. Obviously, something something could go down if he's not on her side. And it's odd seeing her so vulnerable. We have not seen Angela vulnerable like this really before. She's really in a place of uh, being, yeah, just very um, open and... uh, the consequences are, are such that she might lose her son out of all this. And so we see Nathan and Tracy, and they, they're getting ready to leave. And Nathan's like, okay, I've got an idea. Because this is all like some fucking experiment, basically, right? So I know this guy. Okay. He's totally... Rachel, let me tell you about this guy. He's totally level-headed, yes. Um, very calm and logical and very intelligent and uh, he can help us with this. And Tracy's like, is he cool? Is he on the level? And Nathan's like, he's harmless. Yeah, let's go see Dr. Suresh. <laughs> so they decide they're going to go see Dr. Suresh because he's harmless, right? Um, meanwhile, mm-hmm. <laughs> I love the way it's cut so much. Mm-hmm. Literally webbing Maya up as we speak. Yep. And that's what they're going to walk into next week. Oops. Oh, yeah. Suresh, he's harmless. He's fine. He's, like, the best person for the job. Yikes. <laughs> yikes on bikes. <laughs> yik, 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 yik. Anyway. How's, uh, how's Claire doing? Oh, she's just, like, chilling at a carousel. Oh, that's fun. So she's at the carousel, and she's looking for Steven, who is completely bummed out sitting on the carousel right now. And she's like, listen, my dad is willing to listen. And, you know, we're not going to send you back to level five, et cetera. And he's like, listen, it doesn't matter anymore. They never showed up. My wife, my kids, they're afraid of me. And then who comes up behind him and puts a gun to his head but good old fucking Noah, right? Ugh. Yeah. And Noah's like, listen, you're going to make my partner disappear and it's all going to be over. And then Claire's like, wait, what the fuck? This is the plan? What? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to do this. And Steven's like, I'm not a killer. And Noah's like, yeah, but he is looking at Siler, who's standing, like, you know, far away, who, you know, maybe has the ability to hear really well. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. I know it's like, it got no, lost, doesn't. technically, but like, no, yeah. it doesn't. Yeah, it's in my mm. notes, you bitch. He doesn't have the power anymore. I so know that, can't, but I'm like, He ugh. can't do the levitating thing anymore, either. He can't teleport, either. For now. <laughs> it's in my notes. It's in my notes. I was like, I'm going to ream her because he doesn't have his powers anymore from, from those seasons. I forgot about that. But they yeah. make a big thing that he can't hear. And I'm like, oh, my God. He yes, can't he only do whatever the fuck he does. Okay, And then he yum, 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 yeah. whatever else he's, he's gathered in the meantime. Yeah. I went a little hot on that. I'm sorry. Relax. Relax. <laughs> came in a little hot. So, yeah. yeah, he's like, you know. That guy, my partner over there who can't hear us, <laughs> is a killer. And Steven's like, no, I'm not going to do it. And, H- and um, I, wanna call- I keep on calling him HRD because, again, that's more natural. That's why I never did the Noah slip up. Well, yeah, you know, like, call him what you want. It's all, it's all good. So Noah's all like, I'm doing this for us, Claire. You need are, to chill, like, let him 
<laughs> he says he is. He's doing it for us, Claire. Mm. And Siler at this point is kind of like, what's taking so long? <laughs> and starts walking <laughs> over to them. And Steven's like, you got, you people are fucking monsters. You've taken everything from me. And as Siler starts coming over, Steven's just like, I won't be a monster. And he makes a Vortex and sucks himself in. Fuck. So, rip that guy. Pro- probably. Potentially. We don't know where the things go. That is true. I'm just trying to be ever so slightly optimistic. <laughs> like, maybe, maybe he's just somewhere else. He could. It could take him to another dimension. It could be like a a hero situation. But yeah. who knows? Uh, you know. Yeah. But rip that guy for all intents and purposes. Yep. So. The tragic tale of Stephen Canfield. Yeah. Surely this is not going to cause conflict later on. <laughs> anyway. Sure it won't. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, the time traveler and the sidekick are back at the bar. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Anna's like, every hero has his slump. And Hero's just like, no, we're like the worst heroes ever. And I think I've got the right ones who are saying she thinks I didn't. But whatever, write it down. So whatever. And it's like, we made mistakes, but we can't lose heart. At least it can't get any worse. And then who walks in but (laughs) Nemesis? Daphne. Nemesis. And she's like, hmm, my friend here, Knox. Says you're looking for work. And I'm all, that's not possible. These two goody two-shoes. Which, again, <laughs> is this a place for specials go looking for work? I, okay, so that's the thing, right? It comes back right back around. You're like, oh my god, is this a fucking specials bar? <laughs> is it? Is it a place where they look for work? Is it like when you do like a and d thing? Like, is it, you know, the little board at the at the pub or whatever? Like, the tavern? Like, is this is this where they go for the quests? Like... It could be. It could be. Because if Knox said like they were at the they're at the they were at that fucking bar too, and Daphne's like, "What the fuck? That's weird," you know? <laughs> yeah, it makes you wonder. So, yeah. yeah, is it? Is it not? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? We'll never know. Okay. Anyway, Hero catches on pretty quick to what she's saying. He's like, "That's right. Yeah, we heard about what you're doing, and we want in." <laughs> and so she's like, "Well, you'll have to prove your worth first. And then Knox asks, "Who has the power?" And Hero's like, "It's me." So Knox goes to the wall, pulls down like a spear sword thing. It's like a gives sword. It to hero. Yeah. Is it just a sword? So it's a sword he gives the hero. It's like a decorative sword, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, alright, kill the other one. <laughs> and everyone's like, what? Including Daphne. She's like, what? <laughs> kill like, him. No powers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Knox is like, he's got no powers, he's of no use to us. And Daphne and Hero are like, no 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 no. And oh no. But then Hero kind of, like, stops and thinks for a second. He's like, you know what? Well, I guess a hero has to make sacrifices to save the world. <laughs> and he stabs Ando. Oof! And we see Ando fall to the ground. So, rip that guy, question mark? <laughs> Bye, Ando! <laughs> Killing everyone this episode. Yeah, man. villains doesn't play. No. And that's where we leave them. I... Oh man, Jamie Hector is—he's so, got charisma, you know. He's got presence. Mm-hmm. I think he's very charming in this scene. He's just like, yes. all right, like, I—I uh, I think his character was cool, and it's—it's it's, once again depressing what's all going to go down with it. Like, like I said, it was fascinating that like uh, weird future, yeah, you know, all the dynamics that going around in that. Yeah, now we're seeing like little bits of it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. That's straight up some, like, Dark Knight, you know, cracking the pool, like, the pool cue in half. 
Like, all right, <laughs> only room for one person on this team. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> to a, a room full of men. <laughs> like, you know, that's classic. That's a classic bit. Mm-hmm. And then he does it, and you're like, holy shit, he stabbed him. Here you were around Adam for like five minutes <laughs> again. Jesus. He's a bad influence. Like, what can he say? Hanging out with all these, you know, thieves and killers. Mm-hmm. And Anna was the one that killed him, apparently. Look at this. <laughs> Look at this twist of fate. Yep. Look at this. Oh, my goodness. Well, so there's a, an incredibly awkward car ride with Claire, Noah, and Siler. <laughs> And I love that Bennett straight up doesn't see anything wrong with what went down. And so he's just pulling his same bullshit where he's just Mm -hmm. like, hey, you know what? We'll talk when I get home. Okay, sweetie. Pat pat your little head. It's all okay. You know, daddy's going to help you make sense of this big bad world. And Claire ain't having it. She is not having it. And good for her, frankly. Um. And he's like, oh, look, I know you're disappointed, but, like, I did what I had to do. Like, no, no, you, no, you didn't. (laughs) Like, you really didn't have to do that. And Siler leans in, like, you know, she doesn't believe a word you're saying. She knows what you were doing and why you didn't take him down when you had the chance. And if you replace the she with I, I know what you were doing. It works. Because Siler's Mm -hmm. telling Noah, like, I have your fucking number. And Noah is just like, nobody's talking to you. (laughs) Like, absolutely, you're not even part of this. Um, And he's like, you know what, though? She sees you for what you really are, a user. Isn't that right, Claire? Yeah? Used her to try and find that poor man, and then you used him to try to kill me. Because to you, I'm nothing but a monster. And, you know, that kind of thing. But then he leans into Claire, and he's like, he doesn't see our humanity, Claire, and he never will. This is what I was talking about ages ago with with uh, whatever episodes I've ever mentioned Noah Bennett and his like speciesist behavior towards specials. Mm-hmm. This was it. This is what I was leading toward. And Claire's upset and she leaves the car. Noah runs after her and Siler does the biggest like eat shit smirk. It's amazing. <laughs> He's like, hee hee, who has the upper hand still? I do. And... So Noah gets out, and he plays his same old song, man, about everything he does is to protect her, to protect the family. Sound like fucking Walter White at this point, frankly. Um, <laughs> it's like, no, you enjoy this. And I know I've said it before, but when he really does that, where he's like, I do everything to protect this family and protect you, I'm like, eh, do you, though? Because I think you just like it. You like having the power. Mm-hmm. And she's finally... I-, I like this moment so much, because I feel like Claire finally gets to see her dad for who he is. Not her dad, not this, like, rosy-hued, idealized version of the man she grew up with. She gets to see him as he is now, who he is as a person, and how he operates in the world. And it doesn't go over well. And it shouldn't, really. Um, he, does, he did not uh, He did not present himself in a good way today. <laughs> and so, you know, they do, like, a hug, but it's a really awkward, like, uh-huh, yeah, they're just kind of going through the motions thing. Because she runs into the house, and she goes to hug Sandra, and it's a much more, like, legit hug. And she's like, are you okay? Because if you are, you are so grounded. Sandra gets the best lines. (laughs) And she's like, oh, I'm just so glad Meredith found you. And it's like, Meredith? Meredith? I haven't seen her. What are you you talking about? What's going on with Meredith? Huh. I'm sure she's fine. (laughs) uh, Would you like to comment on any of that fun car ride in the fun V? (laughs) Yeah, Siler's a shit. Um... (laughs) 
But is he wrong? He's not, but he's a shit. Um, yes, it can be both. <laughs> Claire saw the world in black and white. Yep. Good and bad. Uh, as we know, Noah operates in the morally gray. That is the company. And so now she's getting to see the morally gray and she's questioning how much she likes it or doesn't like it. You know, it's funny that you say that because it's kind of like we as the audience have been kind of given the the blinders that Claire has mm-hmm. to think that he's operating under morally gray uh, you know situations but he's really not he's being very black and white about it mm-hmm. because if he was operating under morally gray he would have listened to and helped Stephen Canfield that's true mm-hmm. but instead he just used him as a tool or at least he tried mm-hmm. to means to an end that's all these people are to we him. also know when it comes to family and Siler and stuff he has like he definitely veers into the the black Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. It was all season two, what led up to him getting shot. Like, his paranoia over Claire. Oh, yeah. And the boy. <laughs> the boy. Yep. There's a boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he goes absolutely insane when it comes to that. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's interesting in this episode to get your rose-hued or your, like, gray-hued shades ripped off to really see, like, no, this is, this is the guy. This is who he is now. Like... We're seeing it. Claire's seeing it. I think it's interesting. Because she's also forced to see Siler in a better light as well. Yeah, and that's hard for her. Like, because he still did what he did. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that Claire has ends up having more empathy in her um, than what you would expect, considering what he did to her. She takes after her uncle. Ah, she really does. Well, Petey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I guess I guess we have to find out what happened to Meredith, though. Oh, boy. Oh, I hate this so much. <laughs> oh, I hate it. Okay. So, mm-hmm. Meredith went after Eric Doyle, who we mentioned in the files in the beginning of the episode. And let me tell you something. This guy is one sick twist, okay? Um, his ability... Is he can basically puppeteer people, which you, and then they take it into that place where they go with like Flint, where you're like, oh yeah, he's he's creepy and violent, but oh cool, he's rapey too. Oh great, oh <laughs> gross. Um, so they're having like dinner, and you can tell she's incapable of, of doing anything unless he does it. So you know she has to like eat when he wants her to and he asks for a little kiss and it's oh, I just want to throw up and, and then I want to die basically in that order um mm-hmm. and he straight up is like <laughs> hanging out in like some sort of old puppet theater he's a Batman villain which uh sure why not um it's a little on the nose <laughs> but okay um I-, I love that about this show the show will be like here's a mild mannered watchmaker and now he's a serial killer or Here's a guy who, you know, was like a street thug, and now he can do this. And then sometimes it's like, and then here is um, a guy who has a lair that is themed to his power. Uh, it's just all types, you know, all types. Um, remember this name? Remember this face? He is going to be a surprisingly big deal as the show goes on. Yes. So... We're not done with Eric Doyle yet, and uh, he's he's gonna he's gonna leave an impact. Poor Meredith, mm. uh, how'd the flame hand go for you? They go pretty good, yeah. But, uh, seems like you still got yourself into a bit of a situation, <laughs> so 
maybe you should be a little nicer to Sandra in the future, you know? Just, uh, yeah. you're as vulnerable as anyone, it would seem. Just saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, that's, that's a thing. Uh, any, any other, any comments about how disgusting that scene is? I fucking hate nope. watching it. Um, nope. I don't like it. Nope. Yeah. Nope. So, nope. <laughs> let's go back to Angela. She's had a long day. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's pretty tired. Um, I like how it seems like she's fighting sleep, because if you were, like, a dream, like, walker like she is, it seems like you would, too, because nothing good ever happens. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like watching the victims in, like, a nightmare on Elm Street try not to fall asleep, lest Freddy get them. Like, she's really trying not to, but she nods off. And so now we see her new chaos dream, which is she's walking through the company again. And this time we see Tracy dead on the floor. And then we see Nathan also dead. And Peter standing before her, his hands absolutely drenched in blood. And it's like, oh God, no. Peter, why? Nope, not him either. Because he has a pipe shoved right into his sweet spot, so he's super dead. And then we hear a voice, and it's like, hello, Angela. And she turns around, and we can't see quite who she's talking to. And she's fucking petrified. And he's like, "Mm, yeah, you can see the future. I can't have that. It's too dangerous. And she promises him that he won't succeed and that she's going to stop him. And he's like, nah, don't be ridiculous. You won't even be able to move. And so when we pull back out, Angela is, like, paralyzed. She's trapped in her own mind and inside her own body. But there's a file open on her desk. And that file has a face we haven't seen before. Huh. This is like another level five villain that escaped, maybe that we don't know about. Um, must be. Must be. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe we'll learn more about it. Why don't Why don't we? Uh, why don't we uh, wrap up the episode? Huh? Yeah, let's wrap it up. Okay. So Daphne zooms back to Pinehurst and to awaiting Ghost Linderman, and she's upset. She's upset about Ando getting killed. And Linderman's like, well, you know, this is about saving the world. No pain, no gain. <laughs> Sacrifices have to be made, etc. Eggs, omelets, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so we have another one for you to go and get. And he gives her a folder. And who's in this folder but good old Maddie Parkman. Remember him? He's currently in <laughs> Africa following a turtle around. Hey, man, we all have our, you know, things we gotta do to figure stuff out. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he explains, like, you know what Matt can do that he uh, can put thoughts into people's heads and she's like huh you know what I finally figured out what's been bugging me about you I can't sneak up on you I can sneak up on everyone but not you and she suddenly moves and like sort of puts the folder through improving that like you know he's incorporate he she you know he's a ghost <laughs> he ain't there she's like aha you're not there and he's like don't worry about me not being here <laughs> No doy. <laughs> yeah. Just bring me Parkman. And she's like, all right, fine. Ghost. <laughs> and she zips off. And we get the reveal of what is happening with Ghost Linderman. Mm. We see Maury fucking Parkman walk out from behind a pillar. This guy. Remember him? This Matt's fucking father, guy. One of the company founders? Working with Adam and Roe to kill off a whole bunch of them? Well, there he is. Oh, this fucking guy. We now follow Maury Parkman inside the building. 
and he goes into a hospital type room with a man laying in a bed. A very not hospital type bed, by the way, but you know, whatever. Yeah, it's like a fucking like antique sleigh bed. Mm-hmm. So he goes in, there's a man in bed, and he's like the team is coming together nicely. Everything is fine. And he's having a one-sided conversation because the man is not talking back. But clearly he hears what is being said because he's Maury Parkman. Yeah, you can just hear his thoughts. He's like, I gave Nathan the Linderman vision, so he thinks he's doing God's work. So there you go. That's what's up with Nathan. Yeah, we're building an army just like you wanted. Yeah. Oh, he'll have Adam Monroe here by tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, whatever you say goes, Mr. Petrelli. And we get the reveal that the man in the folder is, in fact, the man in the bed. And both are Arthur Petrelli. Ah! Played by Robert Forrester. Robert Forrester. The late Robert Forrester. Yes. Ah! Here he is! He's alive! Arthur Petrelli, first time, long time! (laughs) Yeah! We've been talking about you for a long time! Guess you're not dead. Yeah. Uh... Wow, that certainly uh, that that throws a wrench into a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Actually, so shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! One of the more controversial things in this show, the Arthur Petrelli storyline begins. Mm-hmm. Controversial for a number of reasons. So we'll talk about all of them as they come up. We sure will. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, end of episode. To be continued. Wow. Um, I love how Nathan immediately called the shit out. He's like, what are you, a mind reader? <laughs> like, what, like, what is this? With yes. Ghost Linderman? And he's like, no, 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 nothing, nothing quite so yep. simple. You fuck. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, and then that he just needs to recruit Matt? Uh-huh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh to that. Because Nathan knows what Matt can fucking do. Yeah. He ain't stupid. He was in the apartment. Mm-hmm. He knows what Maury can do. Yeah. He just assumes Maury is fucking strapped down somewhere right now, I guess, you know? <laughs> As he should have been. But isn't it that, like, part of the, uh, part of the, the, the subtext is he got out in the level five? I believe so. Well, he was supposed to be stuck in his head. Yeah. So I guess, would he be in level five? No, he wouldn't be in level five because of when he started seeing Linderman. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he got out of whatever Matt trapped him in pretty quickly, it seems like. Enough to just get, and then he was able to, mm-hmm. you know, mind fuck his way out of that building real, real easily. Well, we're living in a world where not only is Arthur Petrelli alive, he is actively trying to sabotage Angela and the company. Mm-hmm. So anything goes. And that has a lot of ramifications. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Because if Siler is a Petrelli, that's his dad. Is it though? Is it though? Remember, we were questioning that, like the yep, yep, the other time. If like you know, why would she have to give up a, a yeah. child of Arthur's? Yeah, so, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that he might not try. Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, there, there is some juicy, tasty stuff coming up now that this is a thing. Oh boy! Everyone, get your popcorn! Yum yum! Get your popcorn! Put your pins on! We're 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 zooming into Pinehurst time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh boy. Yeah. Honestly, like it's an episode that I wouldn't have thought to really say much about, um, just based on my memory of having, you know, without having rewatched it. But uh there's some big stuff that happens in this, so Mm-hmm. You got a lot of answers for the previous episodes things. Yeah. Yep. 
And like I said, you you have a lot of interesting little building blocks for stuff that comes later. So yeah, shit's <laughs> wild. Well, shall we tell the people where they can find us? Surely. You can follow us on Twitter. We are at Eclipsed Podcast, right? Right? Uh, Something yeah. I doubt. I, I doubt. I always love I mean, it. Yeah, it's podcast. I always love it's it to podcast. make sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's been two weeks. Now I'm like, doubt? Uh, doubt. <laughs> we are at Eclipsed Podcast. If you would like to follow our personal accounts, I am at that burb there. Burb with a B like Bridget. Bridget, dear. <laughs> Keisha is at Lady underscore Snark, S-N-A-R-K. So, uh, what you been tweeting about, Keisha? Um, mostly... The spittle thing. <laughs> well, I watched Lovecraft Country and I loved it, and I highly recommend it, even though it's really wild. Um, you get to see, you get to see James Kyson Lee in it. Or James Kyson, mm-hmm. however he's going these days. Um, you get, you get to see a whole lot of him in it, in fact. <laughs> Even his insides. Anyway, um, so, spoiler. <laughs> um, also, I just complain about. Uh, apparently, Lily Rob is in the Undoing, and, and now I guess I have to mm. fucking watch that. So, like, mm-hmm. uh, just my usual bullshit. Um, what are you okay. tweeting about? Nothing. <laughs> You're very reliable in this one. <laughs> I'm sure I. Some um, Animal Crossing thing, maybe, but I feel like that was before Thanksgiving, so nothing. Yeah, I was like, what's the most recent thing I tweeted? I don't know. Siler eating pumpkin pie. <laughs> like, no, yours was the, the Spittle Talk. Oh, yeah, the Spittle Talk 2020. <laughs> I'm yeah, going to make that gif. I'm going gonna, gonna, gonna to make that gif, and I'm going to show the world exactly what I'm talking about. Damn right. It is a lot of spit. You can say it, don't spray it by sending <laughs> us an email eclipsepod at gmail.com but the best way to get a hold of us and talk is joining the discord the link will be in the show notes it's been a little quiet in there lately a little bit it's been you know it's that time of year it's that time of year year. yeah Yeah. Um, go in and ask questions i did have a question for people but i gotta remember what it is um i think that's it for the socials yep if you like what we're doing feel free to leave us a comment and a review on wherever you listen to us yeah That'd be kind of dope. Yeah, no no break next week. We'll see ya. We'll see ya with yeah, a we'll new episode. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Maybe there'll be a break around Christmas. Maybe we'll pre-record an episode. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> I don't know. I have like three days off that week. I might get kind of bored. So, <laughs> fair. Fair, uh, fair, no, fair. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll fucking see. So, thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, thanks for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. Just doing that long, like, Midwestern goodbye. <laughs> no. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> no, bitch, we're leaving. We're leaving my yeah, like, house no, right we're going. now. Bye. Oh, yeah. Next time on Eclipsed, Peter and Siler have a rough and tumble pajama party. Matt brings a turtle through customs. Daphne goes on a global recruiting drive. Claire has family game night with her two moms. And ashes to ashes, dust to dust. A special guest star credit won't save your butt. Memento Mori. Tune in.